Yes, we have an emergency. And what is your location? Father God, here we are, right here on the planet. You know exactly where we are. You know exactly what's going on. We pray for divine protection over all of us. The revelation of Jesus Christ, who said you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Thank you for truth and revelation. Thank you for hope. Thank you for establishing that hope in our hearts, Father God, even through tribulation. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have never left us. You will not leave us or forsake us, that all things work together for good. And we ask you now, Lord God, even according to your word, that you'd continue to cover us. You said no plague will come nigh thy dwelling. Lord, that no weapon formed against you will prosper. So we ask for these continued blessings and protections, the shields of God, be around all of your people, Lord God, to protect us from every kind of visible and invisible enemy, including those that come through the air. Father God, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for your testimony. We thank you that all things work together for good, as we've said, and that you're here with us. So guide our conversation. Now may we speak as the oracles of God. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I, I got to say something, though, before you start. Just this idea of location. I have an emergency. What is your location? I, you know, where where are we? That's mm-hmm. what we need to know. Is Because if you don't know where you are, you probably won't, you'll probably be lost at that point. Mm-hmm. And you want to know where you are. And this is the big problem. People don't know where they are, what's going to happen, are they safe, et cetera, et cetera. And, and a lot of people at this particular stage in in our history, in our lives right now, the only people are, there's everything, their lives feel upside you know, disrupted, down. upside mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. People are feeling isolated, stuck in their houses. Scared. Maybe abandoned, afraid, mm-hmm. uncertain, confused. Uh, you know, what's going to happen yeah. to us? What's going to happen when next? When will things get back to normal? Will mm-hmm. they ever get back to normal? For some people, normal wasn't that great, you know. Right. And yeah. and what's the truth of what's re- what's going on here? And yeah. uh, what, what what is really going on? What's really going on behind the scenes? And we see... Uh, more and more, um, you know, governmental control and orders and stuff that are restricting all over our, the world, not our just basic here, by the freedoms. Way. Yeah, all yeah. Over the world. And uh, churches are being attacked. Services are being shut down. Some churches are being compliant to government rules. We have all kinds of confusion. All kinds of things going on like but, this. But hope. Hope. Where is our hope? I mean, mm-hmm. th- there yeah. there's hope in the midst of this. And what? What is our hope? Actually, tribulation brings forth hope. Did you know that? Tribulation is a necessary ingredient, as it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, um, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here is the place where we need to be standing. A lot of people don't have peace with God because they don't have faith in God, and they're still on their own trying to figure it out themselves and make their own way through life. He says, we have uh, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So he's got a lot of faith, hope, love, all kinds of rejoicing, everything in just two verses here um, to tell us that there is a connection. Um, Let me just read two more verses here, and that will connect tribulation with hope. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, 
knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Well, there's a lot of people that have been disappointed because you know, they've had hope in their job or hope in their church and hope in their entertainment. And a lot of that stuff now is just is or gone. Or they've been distracted by all those things mm-hmm. or they have so, hope in themselves, their own, I can do this, just give me you know, five more minutes and I'll figure it out and da-da-da. We're all self-contained in our own abilities. Right, and, and a lot of people that have been involved in the distractions of life, sporting, mm-hmm. good you know, events, entertainment, and all that sort of thing, um, they're at the place now where these distractions have been kind of stripped Taken away, away or mm-hmm. shut down. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of left facing ourselves. Facing you know, ourselves. Facing ourselves. Scary, scary. And what do we do when we face ourselves? What, when, when the things that we've trusted in, we've hoped for, we hope for our job. Things. We hope, we hope for mm-hmm. our, our, you know, good health and everything. What happens when all mm-hmm. this is disrupted? Where, disrupted? Where do we find our hope? Then? Well, you know, in the old test, in the Old Testament, they built idols and put their hope in these false gods and, you know, demons that operated behind them. We sometimes put our our hope in the promises of men, in the political parties we serve, in the government, uh, in 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 the in you know what we tradition. We we put our hope in what we what we know. But now we're being moved into a place where we've never been before, um, not on this, not in our lives. You know, others have gone through these kind of scary places. But our hope is in God, and we need to know that God is in us, and he has promised to never leave us or forsake us. And uh, so I know that just thinking about this, how many people, you know, they're cut off from even their most common comforts, you know, even like just getting in the car and driving or going to the store or, or meeting a friend for coffee or, you know, something. These, and there's a lot of people, I, I believe this, I don't know, you know, we're all talking about the people who are dying of the virus, whatever, but are we talking about the people who are falling off the edges because they're being abandoned, they're being neglected, they have no hope, they have no one to counsel them, That, like the people who are caught up in drugs, the people who are dependent on things like that, the people who have uh, tormented with mental illnesses. Where are all these people struggling? They were already on the edge, and now where is their hope? Mm-hmm. And, and another thing, too, is you have people, say, in uh, uh, nursing homes and so forth that mm-hmm. were, you know, there was a link of you know visitors that could come in. Now they don't have visitors coming right. in. Yeah. So there's people that cut are off really you know cut off from social social mm-hmm. distancing. Yeah. And it, it's it's wow. no, it's annoying. It's annoying. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to hope though. You know the the root of our hope is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, he took all the sins of mankind upon himself. In Faith by faith, believing that his father would judge the sin, and because he was able to carry that sin for us, became a sacrificed lamb, a sacrificial lamb for us, that God would judge him and not us, and that the sin would be dealt with through the death of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus' hope when he went to Gethsemane was that the father would be faithful to bring him back from the death, dead, because Jesus knew he was going to die. And and the, he doesn't have, I think he mentions too about coming back to life or in three days and all that stuff. But that was all as yet undone. It was all just pre- predicted or prophesied. But our hope is in the fact that the father raised the son, brought him back to life. And because he did that, we are of all men uh, 
included in that hope, justified in that hope. And even here, he how in Romans 5, he, he mixes tribulation and perseverance with hope. I mean, um, what gets... What actually gets people through hard times? What what really gets... Depression doesn't get you through hard times. Exhaustion doesn't get you through. Negativity, criticism, critical uh, disappointment doesn't get you through hard times. What gets uh, us through alcohol, the hard... Yeah. Uh, alcohol, other drugs don't, you know, don't get you through. Fakes and fantasy worlds don't... What yeah. gets us through hard times is hope. Is hope. And, and what is hope, Jerry? Well, hope, if you look in the, even the Old Testament concept of hope... There's there's several different words that are translated hope in English, but in the original Hebrew, there's there's um, hope means to be patient. Mm-hmm. One of the definitions to be patient, to wait, to trust. For example, uh, Psalm forty two eleven. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Many people are like, you know these, you know w- what we're facing now is not unique to the human condition, right? Mm-hmm. So. He says, "Why are you cast down on on my soul?" He says, "My my soul, my my uh, mind, will, and my emotions are. I'm just cast down. I'm depressed. I'm yeah, down. Yeah, I'm giving up. Why are you disquieted within me? I'm I'm upset. I'm disturbed. Mm-hmm. And 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 he's talking to his soul, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a psalm, a songwriter that's talking to his soul, and he says, "Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the. He is the help." Of my countenance and my God, so so it's a reminder to to trust in the Lord, be and patient, mm-hmm. to wait, to mm-hmm. trust. And notice how the psalmist used his resources. He had his soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and he was asking himself to examine himself. You know, let the Holy Spirit examine him. why. He's do talking I, to himself. He's talking to himself, right? Which but is, but but out of his spirit, spirit software, his spirit. Which is, um, you know, right. God, God's spirit bears witness with our spirit. Yeah. He was able to counsel himself in his soul. Your soul is your inferior instrument of understanding. Your spirit knows. Your soul can only think and feel and try to figure it out. So when you're going in your soul, mulling things around in your mind and saying, "Oh no, I'm running out of this. I don't have that. I'm going to by the end of the month, I won't have enough money for the rent." Blah blah. You're mulling things over in your mind and your soul. You're getting nervous and fearful. That is exactly what Satan wants to do. He wants to knock us off of our, our our solid rock, the promise of Jesus Christ, who said, "I will never leave you or forsake you. I am the shelter, the strong tower. Uh, trust in me." All those things. Lean not to your own understanding. But we we go back to our understanding, which is out of our soul, and we try to try to figure calculate, it out. Mm-hmm. figure it out, anticipate. You know, drop a plan, uh, and it just become super anxious. Anxiety is what's really killing people's hope because they're so taken up with their anxieties. They're so taken up with the oh no's and the what ifs and and I don't know that they 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 don't go back to the Bible really seriously. You know, our our main our main job thrust activity, as we say and as we moan and say, oh, these days are going so fast, so fast, so fast. What are the what are we supposed to be doing? Really, one thing Jesus said: preach the gospel. Occupy till I come. Well, period. occupy through preaching Which the gospel. Means, mm-hmm. That means going into the world, making disciples. Right, uh, and that's and oc- all of us are yeah. The King James word "occupy." We think occupy. Well, I'm just sitting in my chair, occupying my chair. Right. It it occupy. It it, it really means do business. Do something. Do yeah. business. Do what I've called you to do. Go into all the world. Get up. Get up. Do get something. Get moving. Do it. 
But now, okay, so this has this is changing now because you know we can't go see people like we like. Well, you know, we've still like got a lot of resources, and the first thing we got to do if you want to do something is go back into your prayer closet and reconnect with God yourself. And, and talk to yourself about your relationship with God. Where am I? Am I, in, am I in right standing with God? And more than likely you are, but more than likely the devil will tell you you're not. But go back to the Word of God. Begin to eat it up like food. Get strong in the Lord through eating of His Word. Then you will care about what's really going on out there. What's really going on is not this disease. It is the life, eternal life and death of mankind. How many people, if Jesus Christ would come right now, this moment, to snatch away those who belong to him, how many would be left behind? I would say they would hardly probably even notice anyone missing as, as terms of numbers. And so I, I would believe that it is really, the harvest is, is white unto harvest. The harvest is ready. It is time now to... Um, Throw aside your fear, your anxiety, your lethargy, your hopelessness, the depression, all the things you've been nursing and taking care of, and, and, and you know, get rid of it by saying, you know, just begin to speak to those things as spirits and say, no, you won't. Your spirit of depression, defeat, discouragement, shut your mouth, get out of here. No, I'm not listening to you. I'm walking in the Word of God. The Word of God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. We have to understand how to do that internal war, that win the war within before you can win any wars without outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so once you've won the war within, you've got to stay nurtured and fed in the word of God. And it's wonderful. It's a rich uh, table of promises and goodness and word and, tr- and, and testimonies and history and beauty and Psalms and poems and stories. Everything is just amazing in there. But you read the Bible and then you let the Holy Spirit show you what it means. Well, Don't let the devil show you what it means. And there's so many. Because th- the, the devil will try to interpret it to you also. You right. Know. There's so many writings too. In in the Psalms, particularly, like you mentioned, it talks about hoping in in the Word of God. Yeah. Psalm, Psalm one nineteen, mm-hmm. and and it's God is a shelter for us. In, in, in Jeremiah trial. seventeen seventeen, that God says, "You're my shelter. You're my." It means hope. Mm-hmm. And hope there means shelter or soul. refuge mm-hmm. in the day right. of, of hope doom. Is in the day an of anchor trouble. and an anchor, like we said. Uh, a confidence in the resurrection, and notice that even even in, even tribulation cannot knock out hope. As a matter of fact, isn't that strange enough how God would do this? But actually, tribulation produces is part of the the production um, patience. Of, of of patience and hope. So when you're in tribulation, James says, when you're you know we're in a bit of tribulation, difficulty, things aren't going. Count it all joy. He says, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We cannot give ourselves these tests when, when we're you know taking a test to qualify to be uh, moved up in rank or get a degree or a decree or a doctorate or whatever. You can't give yourself the test. You have to take a test given to you by someone else. God allows these tests to be brought to us that we might be qualified, that we might move up in rank, that we might be qualified uh, to be joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We don't earn that. That is an opportunity. We, that is a privilege. We gain opportunity to have a chance to compete or, or in the kingdom of God for the good things, the rewards, once we're saved. You've got to be saved before you can enter into the real um, the real tribulation. Otherwise, people are, you know, people without Jesus are just being beat up by the devil for no purpose. If you're being beat up right now by the devil and it's bringing no, no good end and no fruit and no purpose, then switch sides. Get in with Jesus Christ. Surrender to him. Lay down your life 
to him, give it to him, and he will give it back to you. But Paul, uh, James is, is right. He says, count it joy. How many of us count it joy? How many rejoice when things aren't going good, when things are taken away, when it's harder than it used to be, when when our normal is taken away? You know, our normal was, you know, baby, it gets normalized when it lives in the crib with sucking its thumb, having a blanket, having a pacifier, being eaten pablum. That's normal. Now the baby's going to either stay there or grow up. You can't have a 52-year-old still sucking his thumb in the crib. You want to grow up. So God's allowing change and tribulation and things we don't like and things we're not comfortable with to cause us to grow up in God and take our place as mighty warriors, take our place as the sons and daughters of the Most High God, no longer to be beaten up by the things of the world or the ways of the world or want even crave the things of the world, but to allow God to grow us up and desire the things of God. Well, it's a, it's a, this whole time is a time for re, a call to repentance because right, if you look at, at the world scene, mm, the world know, system, they're, they're, yeah, the world scene, the world system, what's been going on, the evil, the the murderer, the blood, the murder, the bloodshed, the deception, the Satan worship, all this is God is not going to just let this go on forever and ever and ever and ever. Right. The God of this world is going there, to be there's, judged. There's going to be trouble that's going to come as a result of it. But in the midst of this, mm-hmm. there's great opportunity. So it's not the right. time, you know, where people say, oh, Don't throw away your opportunities now yeah, for exactly. greatness. Well, I just got to stay home and watch my movies and, and all that. You know, there's and stay opportunities. stay out of the way and, get, and don't get in trouble. I, you know, hey, there's a time coming where we've got we've got laws and stuff that are coming well, uh, or exe- we might have to say executive no. orders that are unrighteous decrees. God does never expects us to uh, obey unrighteous decrees, unrighteous laws, mm-hmm. or um, executive orders. There's times that where, are where, where there's, ungodly. There are, are some ungodly. that are not, and some that are. Some that are. Most of the time, we can say, "Okay, well, I can serve you, but and still obey the law of the land." Mm-hmm. But the time comes, like in Acts five, chapter five, verse twenty nine, says, "We ought to obey God rather than man." Mm-hmm. Well, and I so, tell you what, I I love that verse in Acts where uh, Peter and John got in trouble for healing a crippled man in the in the temple area on the Sabbath. I think it was. Anyway, they got in trouble for doing a miracle. Now, yeah. and they were, and you know what? I think anybody who can do miracles like that has a right to get in trouble with the law. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you you, you know something more than they know because you have, you have act, access to the Lord God and the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the power to heal. But until that happens, and we should be wanting that, we should be able to be brave and courageous enough to go out there and, oh, you don't have any medicine. Oh, you ran out of your pills. Oh, oh, oh. well, let's just lay hands on you and just rebuke this fever. Or let's just lay hands on you and ask God to heal your broken leg or whatever. Or, or you don't have any food. Let's just pray and ask God to multiply the food that you do have. I mean, Or, or the I'll give you what you did. Yeah, what I'll you give need. you some of mine. You know, I mean, let's move off out of this, you know, entitlement mentality and this help me and feed me and take care of me mentality into becoming not hopeless, but the ones who bring hope. You who are the most hopeless out there, your gift is to bring hope because Satan has knocked you down to the point where you feel like you're a peg pounded into the ground and you got nothing, you can't move, you got nothing to give, you're, you're not good for anything. You're the ones who God has called to bring forth hope. Now, let the Holy Spirit infuse you with this. Hope. Say, I can't. It's too hard. I'm in tribulation. I'm sick. I don't feel good. Nobody loves me, blah, blah, blah. 
Well, that's all the devil talking to your soul. You're going to have to open your mouth, use your weapons. Your words are bullets. Use your bullets against the devil instead of giving the devil your bullets to use against you. And so in in Acts chapter 4, you know, the church was threatened, being threatened by the by the by the government, by yeah. the religious leaders. They said, "Don't preach Jesus anymore. You can't get together anymore." That sort of thing. And uh, what they did is they got together and they prayed. And they said, "Lord, they're really fighting not, you know, they're fighting against you and um they're fighting against Jesus." And he said, "Now verse 29, now look at their threats mm-hmm. and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak their word. They're just saying, um, shelter in place, stay at home. (laughs) Uh, That's what the government was saying basically then. Just shut shut your mouth. Don't talk about Jesus anymore. We got rid of him. Don't bring up that subject anymore. What did the church do, though? They just, they got aggressive. They said, they want, with with all boldness, Mm -hmm. we may speak your word. Why? You know? Why were they doing that? Because they had hope. Their hope was in the fact that they just had seen Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, and they were going, "Wow, that oh, was." They just seen wow. miracles. They just you seen know, miracles. It, got, it connected from the light bulb went on. Okay, he was raised from the dead. He was dead. We saw him dead. We saw him be killed, and now he's. And they were just excited. They were just filled with faith, hope, love, confidence. Miracles came out of that relationship with hope. And, and they had just seen this man that had been crippled from his uh, mother's womb. Uh, you know, he had never walked. He would just seen him raised up, coming into the temple, walking, leaping, praising God. They had, a, so, they had, a, they said boldness. They prayed for boldness, mm-hmm. they, which means really fee- freedom of speech. Right. That, and, and he said, they said. Verse 30, by stretching out your hand to heal. Stretch out your hand Take faith. to heal. Mm-hmm. People need healing. Well, People you know, that, the problem- that are sick today, you know, spiritually and physically need healing. They said, they asked, Lord, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Amen. And you know, the thing is, they'd walk by this guy in the temple how many times? How many, he, was like a, he was like a fixture. He mm-hmm. was like part of the furniture. Oh, yep, he's there again today. We'll throw a nickel in the cup. And, and, you know, and religion didn't help him. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe no, right there uh, maybe, on the edges of it, it didn't work. Maybe the little uh, offerings, you know, he was kind of panhandling. Maybe their little, you know, offerings that to, to make their him, guilty consciences feel better. Right. So he was living that off was the it. guilt yeah. of their consciences. But Peter and John, all of a sudden they saw him differently that one day. They walked by and said, uh, Peter and John, I should say, and they said, "Whoa, well, let's just do something about this." And they had that inspire, and you know, that was that was life. That was exhilarating. Their faith, because they had been touched, they had seen the resurrection, they had hope. They were yeah. able to pass that hope on to this man, because it, he now was able to walk. It says, you know, you just look at the pattern of this, in beginning in Acts four thirty one, going to the end of the chapter. They prayed. The place was shaken where they were assembled, physically mm-hmm. shaken where mm-hmm. they were assembled. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't, you know, we get shaken by a little rustle in the trees and. Here the whole place was shaken by the power of God. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Yeah. And and just going forward, here's, here's the mm-hmm. result. They were of one heart and one soul. Mm-hmm. There was a, a true unity. unity, not just some ecumenical not unity. Not divisive, not but, divided. And it's with great power mm-hmm. the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Well, Great power and great grace and miracles was upon them. And hope and, and healings. And, and those that lacked, 
the people that had something shared, shared with it. those because they weren't afraid. Were lacking. They yep. And and um, this was this was the pattern. This, this is the, was the this pattern. was the, this they were helping each other. Hallelujah. They were the miracles were happening. The word is being preached. But this was the invasion. This was the result. The first initial rumblings of the invasion up to this point, really. Uh, Satan had pretty much sewed up the world. He is the God of this world. He has everything the way he wants it. And now they were coming with hope, with new vision, with miracles, uh, in the name of God, the the Son of God, the power of the resurrection, to, to set forth a new ripple, a new uh, song, a new uh, revelation in the earth of Jesus Christ. And this had never been done before. Up to this point, they had the hope, 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 hope of this Messiah coming. A few people, most of the people were just still trodden down by Satan in every way through their idolatry, through their witchcraft. They were oppressed. They were dark. They didn't, they couldn't see anything. But now you have this little glimmer of power and hope. And you used to spoke, this was the beginning of the church. What do you suppose God's going to do now that we're at the end of days? Let the church go down in a whimper? I don't think so. That would look like Satan won. I don't think God's going to make it look like Satan won if you read the book. But the thing is, we have to get back to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Since Satan could not take away or defeat or pluck out or kill the Savior or, or his message, what he did was he tainted it. He took the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is a gospel of grace and good news and hope and power and life and what Satan did with it. He mixed it. He mixed the pure with the lie. He mixed it with the the law. He mixed it with regulations. He mixed it with fear and judgment and condemnation and division and counterfeit everything. So now when most people go to church, they have a mixture. They're receiving a mixture of grace and good news Jesus loves you, accept Jesus, be saved, whatever. But it's also mixed with but, 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 works, works, works. You know, God is still mad at you. God, you know, the thing is, God knows where we are, what's happened. He know he's the one who put us here. He had to know where we are, right? He knows, but we have got to come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing and do not allow ourselves to be persuaded by the God of this world who dresses up like a spirit of religion and antichrist and, and false doctrine and false prophecy. He's, he dresses up to deceive, even if possible, the very elect. Now, this is going to get pretty treacherous and tricky because there's a lot of deception going out there. But go back to the pure word of God. Read the book of Acts. See what they did. That was pure out of the chute. That was before everything got contaminated. And they were doing miracles. They were healing the sick, uh, raising the dead, preaching the gospel. We must get back to those very simple things. And they were doing all this in the midst of great opposition. And pressure and, and government pressure. Re- resistance. You look at when Jesus came, ministered, okay, life, the new covenant, the new the new and living way that he came to bring. Mm-hmm. He, to, Everybody resisted kingdom, him the pretty much. Of God resisted, attacked, opposed. Except the common people. Ex- the, the common the, people. The beggars him. and the prostitutes. and right. the Common people heard him gladly. They, they were the only ones that saw but then what happened after the resurrection, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. there was great opposition. So mm-hmm. what, what's going on here in the book of Acts 
is for the most part, right, the power that's being released from God to to heal, to save people, to set people free, to establish uh, the Just, true tr- yeah, churches. Yeah. The it's power, done the life in, of in Jesus the midst Christ. of attack. It's right. done in the, in the, and, and it in comes out of tribulation. Of yeah, it com- persecution, tribulation, bring forth hope and joy. But the thing is that what is the change element, the change agent that causes you to move from being depressed and defeated and discouraged and alone to on fire for God? It is one thing. It is God himself. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says if you lack something, ask for it. If you lack encouragement, if you lacked courage, if you lacked lack power, if you lack whatever it is, life, love, uh, hope, ask God. You know, get down on your knees, make it real. Don't just say your bedtime prayers from a remote, rote kind of position. Get intense with God and say, look, God, I got to have this. You know, when Je- Jehoshaphat, the armies were surrounding Jehoshaphat, the king, I mean, and they was these were major armies and he was no way able, he had no ability to even pull together that many men to fight this. He held up the letter of the threatening letter that the other king had sent to him. He says, God, here it is. Look, this is it. They're threatening and there's nothing I can do. And God says, okay, he says, I, I'll take care of it. You don't even need to fight in this battle. I think it's uh, first or second Chronicles chapter 20. I'll take care of it. Um, you know, just go, but go down in the morning and watch it happen. And basically when they got there, the battle had already been taken care of and won um, and I think that's the one where there was all these dead bodies all around. But the thing is, please, we cannot do this. You don't, you're not even asked to do this. God doesn't even ask you to do this. God just asked you to do, allow him to do what he wants to do through, through you. So let us be filled with the hope, the same hope Jesus Christ had when he went to the cross, knowing by faith that his father would raise him from the dead. And because of that resurrection, we know we also will be raised from the dead. So it says, and, and they loved not their lives to the death because they knew that they were going to live again. Exactly. Or and continue to live actually after that moment of death. Right. And, and the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, this hope we have is an anchor of the soul, mm-hmm. both sure and steadfast. The hope in what? Holds in us. Christ. Mm-hmm. Hope in God. Hope in the resurrection. And so like... Keeps we, us from floating can, we, off into we, oblivion. We can be free... Just to go ahead and do what God wants to do, whether we live there for or die, Paul says, we are the Lord. He will make a way for you, but you have to walk in faith, and you have to walk in humility, and you can't walk with presumption, and you can't walk with arrogance, and you can't walk with defiance. Whatever you're going to do as unto the Lord, make sure you're holy and pure in it, and that you're walking in the Spirit, and the Lord is committed to help us. So, Father, we thank you for this uh, wonderful time that we live in, this time that has been ordained since the foundation of the world. And you have given us an anchor to the ho- the soul, which is hope in you, that you are with us. You will never leave us or forsake us. For each one today, I pray that you reveal yourself to them in a personal way that will cause them to know that they are loved, they are saved, and they're with you and they're safe. And Lord, I, I pray that you'd help each of us, Lord, to hear your voice very clearly. You said, your sheep know your voice. Help us to listen carefully to your word, your written word, mm-hmm. and the word that you speak to us by your spirit, and help us to be obedient, n- uh, not fearful, confident, mm-hmm. and, and Lord, that every move that we make, every decision that we make will be guided by you mm-hmm. uh, onto our 
you know, Benefits. strength and benefit and to the benefit of others, others mm-hmm. that need your help and need your hope in and these yes, days. And yes, Lord God, and we remind each one of us again that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So thank you, Lord God, that we know that both you and Satan are working in the same place at the same time to do the opposite thing, but that you win because you get the last word. Read the final words, final chapters of the book, and you'll see who wins. Father, we thank you for victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.